My guest today lost her daughter in a fatal car accident. Today, she shares her journey of finding God in grief. I'm glad that you could join us for Bridges today. I'm Monica Schmelter. I'm glad that you've joined us today. We are going to bring you hope for the journey. And today's story is one that in many ways is a hard story to tell. Yet inside of that story, we see so much mercy and so much grace and so much healing. And Louise, I want to welcome you today Thank to you. Bridges. So let's start with your wonderful family. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your husband and your children. My husband and I have been married for 45 years now. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. We have four children. Um, Elizabeth's my oldest, then Jennifer, then we had Rebecca, and then Eric's our son. We also have now seven grandchildren, mm. four grandsons, and three granddaughters. So you are busy and happy. Yes, very. <laughs> and as you know, as I think about what we're going to talk about, finding God in grief, mm-hmm. None of us want grief, no. right? No. You know, most of the time in my life, I'm busy praying the bad stuff away. Right. Right? Right. And yet sometimes that isn't the way that it goes. Exactly. And you lost your daughter, Rebecca, yes. in a car accident. Yes. Um, let's just start out with kind of the accident and what was happening. So on June 5th of 2015, my husband and I were actually going to be driving from Wyoming to the state of Washington, and we were going to go on a cruise. We'd been planning an Alaskan cruise for many years, and finally the day had come. So we were very excited. Um, Rebecca lived with us at the time, and she was going to go visit a friend who lived about an hour away. And since she was heading the same direction, Stephen said, well, I'll ride with her, you drive our car, and then when we get to her exit, we'll get off and switch, which is what we did. So we said our goodbyes to her, gave her hugs, told her we loved her, said, we'll see you in two weeks. And we went one way and she went the other. Mm-hmm. And right until that moment, right? It's all happy family. You're going on a cruise. Yep. Rebecca has a great job. She's yep. engaged to be married. Yep. Like life is good. Life is great. And so uh, we get to Idaho. We stop for dinner and to fill up with gas. And I notice I have a couple messages. So I said to Stephen, before we go in and get our food, let me check the messages. Well, the one is a prayer request from our church, and it shows this horrendous picture of a car accident. And it said, just past this accident, it looks horrible. Don't know how anyone survived, but please pray for whoever was involved. And it is. When I saw the picture of the car, I have never seen... I have never seen such damage. Like, the car is not even recognizable. Exactly. And I looked at it, And because I knew my daughter would be traveling earlier that afternoon. Um, But again, like you said, it wasn't recognizable. So I just wasn't even sure. But then the next message was a phone call. And it was from a complete stranger. And she said, um, I believe I have your dogs. And she goes, do you have a golden retriever named Kenzie and an Aussie um, named Callie? And um, I have found them on the highway and they were running loose. But I have them, and animal control's on their way. So those, the dogs must have been in the car with Rebecca, yes, right? they're her so, service dogs. So you have to be 
thinking now, that this was is my your daughter. daughter. Yes. So I immediately called this woman, told her who I was, and one of the first things I said is, is my daughter alive? And she said, well, they were still working on her when they put her in the ambulance, but that's all I know. I said, okay, and what about the dogs? And she said, animal control came and took them to a local vet. Well, it turned out they were actually taken to our vet. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just worked out perfectly. So our vet took care of it. Um, we found out a couple of days ago, later that Callie, the Aussie, the older dog, she actually passed away from her injuries. Mm -hmm. um, Kenzie had quite a few injuries, and she actually had to go be transferred back to Salt Lake for um, surgery for her injuries. But um, I then called a couple of friends who lived very close to the hospital, and both of them said they'd go right away. Mm -hmm. And one was Je uh, Jeff, um, Rebecca's boyfriend. And so he was heading directly to the hospital. Then I finally called the hospital, and the nurse said, I want you to talk to the doctor. And my first thought was, oh, mm -hmm. this doesn't sound good. Mm -hmm. So he finally got on, and he said, we have been working on her for several hours, but we feel we have her stabilized enough now that we can um, life flight her to the University Hospital of Salt Lake City. So I said, okay, and I explained we were in Idaho and uh, we were heading out for vacation, actually. Yeah. And he said, well, I'd highly recommend you turn around and you come back to Salt Lake. You know, I, I think about the panic, like all the emotions, everything that you go through at yes. this time. Like you've planned this cruise, you've saved up for it forever, yes. and now calls and someone's got the dogs and the doctor says, turn around and come, and they're working on her for hours mm -hmm. and she's being life flighted. You had like every emotion in the world in just a couple yes. of hours. Yes, shock. I mean, it just, it just hits you and, and you just don't know how to even react. Right. I mean, it's... It's a feeling like I've never had before. Yeah. And I just, yes. And then I had to tell my husband, mm -hmm. you know, and I just said to him, honey, we can't go on our cruise. Rebecca's been in an accident and we have to go to Salt Lake. And he even was like speechless. Yeah. You know, he just had to take it in. Right. Because it's, it's too much to it take is. in. It is. It's too much to take in. Yes. You're both believers, right? Yes. So you are. have the power of prayer, and I'm yes. thinking you you are bombarding heaven. Oh, you bet. As as yes. well as being panicked and scared and understandably frightened. Right. Yeah. Yes. So we stopped for gas, and um, I called our dot our, our other children then, and explained what happened. And of course, all three of them wanted to get on planes and come right sure. away, and I kept saying no. Just wait. Let us get down to the hospital. Let us see exactly how bad is she really, mm -hmm. and then we'll let you know what to do. Yeah. So they finally all agreed, and I said, just be praying and ask your friends to start praying. Yeah. And then we got on the road, and we headed back to Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. It took us about three hours, and we finally got down there. In the meantime, a social worker from the um, hospital contacted us and said who he was and that he would be meeting us when we got there. And um, he said she hadn't arrived yet, but he knew the flight was on its way. And so that was good to have that reassurance mm -hmm. that she's being taken care of, she's in the air, 
she's heading to an excellent hospital. The U of U is one of the best. And being it's a university hospital, yeah. they have the best doctors. Mm -hmm. So that reassured us somewhat. Um, so when we got there, it was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And it, after a few minutes of being there, they finally took us in. And I have to say, Monica, I walked in that room and that wasn't my daughter. I mean, they hadn't had time to even clean her up yet. Yeah. So she still had dry blood yeah. everywhere. Um, she still, she was very swollen. Her whole body was very swollen. I could still see pieces of glass in her hair. Um, she was, yeah, she was in bad shape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She wasn't conscious, thankfully, to a point I say thankfully, because I can't imagine the pain. I, yeah, I understand. Yes. Any parent or anybody would feel that way. You don't, right. Yeah. And yeah. then the doctors went through everything so far they had found. And she had several fract frac fractures, sorry. She had several fractures, um, major cuts throughout her body. Uh, she had both the eye socket was broken. Um, she had broken bones in her face. Um, and then she had a couple of uh, brain bleeds. And they told us she most likely would have at least two brain surgeries. I mean, you, um, you and your husband have to be thinking, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Praying every prayer that you can think to yes. pray and hoping and praying that she's that they're going to be able to revive her. Right. That she's right. going to have a life again because you really you don't know that. Right. No, we don't know what's going to happen. And over the days they were saying, you know, they they really believe they could get her well again. But every few days she would take a turn for the worse mm -hmm. and something else would happen. So that's going up and down yes. an emotional roller coaster yes. for you and your husband. Yes, it was. But the fun thing was, if you want to call it fun, because we were heading on this cruise, all I had packed were cruise wear. So the staff, the nurses and all, they would laugh each day and say, we just wait every day for you to come in and to see what you're wearing today. Mm -hmm. And they loved it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that that made it a little easy. Right. They, and, they and helped the staff, us and they would make some jokes. Yes. And they loved on helped. you and they, they saw did. the love of Christ in you. Yes. And that's one of the miracles I actually want to talk about is my daughter was in the hospital for five weeks. And in that five weeks, we got to the, know the nurses so well. I mean, they would take their breaks and come into the room and sit on the edge of Rebecca's bed and just talk with us. I mean, we got to know about their families, uh, about their schooling. One who was the head nurse of the the ICU there, the surgical ICU. And she came in one day to tell me, she, tell me she wanted to go back to school and she wanted to become a nurse practitioner mm -hmm. and actually do a lot more um, work like a doctor. And that, and I said, well, what do you want to specialize in? And she said, OBGYN. She wanted to deliver babies. She had no idea. I had been a birth doula for several years mm -hmm. And I was currently working as a director at a pregnancy resource center, wow. at a crisis pregnancy center. So I did all the counseling 
for the women who were, came in with unexpected pregnancies. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to talk to her and give her my side of, be, especially being a birth doula and how, you know, we need doctors who are more caring of the moms and, and being there for them and so forth and how important that is. And she just loved hearing all that mm -hmm. and getting, you know, some yeah. advice. And I think what I hear from you is that in the middle of all of this grief, five weeks in the hospital, you were able to pray with people, share Christ yes. with people. You were able to consistently be able to find God in grief, yes. which you think it doesn't sound like it could happen, but because of God, it can. We've got to right. take a break. I want you to stay with us today on Bridges. When we come back, we're going to hear more of Louise's story and her journey to finding God in grief. If you enjoy watching Bridges, you can join Monica on Facebook for all the extras. Just visit Facebook and search for Monica Schmelter TV. At Monica Schmelter TV, you'll get a look behind the scenes. You'll learn secrets from the studio, and you'll be among the first to know what's coming up next on Bridges. Best of all, you can connect with Monica for prayer and share what topics you'd most like to see on Bridges. Monica would love to connect with you. Don't give in. God's Word says you're an overcomer. If you hadn't done blah, 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 this wouldn't have happened. And let me say this to you. If you think that you are in a mess of your own making, you are still an overcomer. When that temptation comes, you want to make sure that you are dressed for battle. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. It takes training. It takes discipline. And so when you're fighting that good fight of the faith, you take your story, whatever it is, and you saturate it in faith and you fight for it. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your next event. Today on Bridges, we're talking about finding God in grief. And it's a hard subject, and yet at the same time, it is a beautiful subject filled with God's grace and our deepest hours of need. And Louise, I just really appreciate you being willing to share this yes. journey. And I can't imagine you know, being in the hospital for five weeks with your daughter, mm -hmm. riding that emotional roller coaster of doctors think they can get her well and then a turn for the worse. Right. And yet, even though your prayers weren't answered the way that you would have liked and you lost your daughter, you were able to find God in your grief and see his grace all around you through that five-week journey. I was. Um, it was just amazing. And it took, you know, a full year, though, for me to fully realize what all God had done. Of course. That first year, I was in such shock. And I felt like I had to be strong for everyone else, mm -hmm. for my other kids, for my husband, uh, for Rebecca's good friends, and that I needed to be there for them. And I had to go back to work pretty quickly because mm -hmm. I'd been off so long. And so it didn't hit me grief for at least a good year. Yeah. And it wasn't until after the first anniversary that I feel like it, that's when it hit me. Mm -hmm. And I could finally let go and let myself feel the pain. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, your first inclination is to blame. You want to blame somebody. And, of course, the first thought is you blame God. And, you know, and then I had to quickly say, no, no. God allowed this to happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. And some of the reasons were we were able to witness to so many people in the hospital. It was unreal. Um, As I said, we talked to the nurses, and we even got to talk to the head of neurology. He had pulled us into a conference room and to go over some things. And he said, you know, they really believed they could pull Rebecca out of this. And I said to him, well, you know, even if you cannot, even if Rebecca dies, and I said, please understand, I do not want my daughter to die. Of course not. But if she passes away, I said, I have such confidence in knowing where my daughter's going. And I believe with all my heart, I will see my daughter again. So when we got up to leave, he actually stopped us and said, can I ask you one more question? I said, yes. And he said, can you tell me, what do you believe? I mean, this is a well, yeah. world-renowned <laughs> neurologist. Yeah. And I said, sure. So we turned around, sat back down, and I was able to tell him all about God and how he sent his son and how his son lived on this earth and did many miracles and how he died on a cross for us. And then God rose him from the dead again and that he's prepared a place for us and that where he is, there we will be also. And I knew without a doubt, my daughter is in heaven and I know I will see my daughter again. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, the incredible amount of Holy Spirit strength that it had in the time of your deepest trauma that God gave you the concern, right? That yes. he, for that neurologist to ask you that question, for that door to be opened and for you to share mm-hmm. uh, so boldly while you were hurting. Yes. And I think that's so much like the message for all of us. And even in our deepest pain, Yes, there's kingdom work to be done. Yes, there is. And the part of it is we don't even realize we're doing it. Right. Like I said, I didn't even realize all I had done and Stephen had done until like well over a year later. And so then I, yes, then I had the grief. And then we almost blamed Stephen and I each other, you know, well, you're not grieving the way I'm grieving. And, um, you know, and so what's wrong with you type thing. And I think that's one of the most important things is to remember is we are different people. And we're going to grieve differently because we're different people, different personalities. Mm -hmm. We will not grieve the Mm -hmm. same way. And that is so important Mm -hmm. to remember. Too many families break up Mm -hmm. because they blame the other for not grieving enough. Right. And And I think it's so important that you say that because most marriages break up after the loss of a child. Yes. Even an adult child, because it's just such a grievous loss. Yes. And of course, like you said, we want to blame somebody like somebody has got to be responsible for this horrible thing that's happened right right? and the differences between men and women and just even we're all different right and one person might sob hysterically and another person might be numb and say nothing and some people say things that seem silly and outlandish but that's they don't mean it that way like we misinterpret it well why are they saying that and it's like 
that's just how they're grieving. They're hurting. Right. And we have to be careful not to judge people for exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. So important. And the main thing is to remember, God has numbered our days. Psalms tells us it is written in the book of life before we're even born. He has numbered our days. He knows every day. And so no matter what we do, we're going to all die. Yeah. Some, sadly, sooner than later. And, um, you know, when we read the scriptures, first Solomon or I'm sorry, Second Solomon and even the Psalms, they talk about David and how he grieved when his son Absalom mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. And he wept and he cried out to God and he said, I am just so weakened and I'm so tired. Yes. And But he sought God. Amen. Job, when his family, his entire family was killed, he ripped his clothes, he shaved his head and he fell on his knees, Job 1 tells us, and he worshiped God. So even in his grief, Job was able to worship God. Mary and Martha, when Lazarus died, when Jesus finally came to them and Mary ran to him and hugged him, and then she fell to his feet and she said, Lord, if you had been here, you could have saved him. And she, and it says, and then she wept bitter tears on his feet. And Jesus looked down at her and Monica, Jesus wept. He was so moved by Mary's grief Mm -hmm. that even he himself wept, even knowing what he was going to do. He was going to raise Lazarus from Mm -hmm. the dead. And yet he still wept in compassion for Mary and Martha. And I think that's what we all have to understand is that grief is a part of loss. Yes. And it doesn't matter how much we love God or trust God. When we lose someone, there's going to be grief. Yes. But what I hear you saying is that in that grief, and I know like it envelops us, it's hard to see anything else. You made an an intentional effort to keep seeking God. And like you're saying, that's what David did with his son Absalom. That's what Job did with the loss of his family. We have to make that commitment that God is God and we're not. Yep. And he's worthy of our worship even when it's hurting us. Right. He sure is. Yeah. And, you know, also it's like if Rebecca had a chance to look down from heaven and me to talk to her one more time. And I'd say, Rebecca, I want you back so much. I miss you so much. I know Rebecca would turn to me and smile and say, Mom, I love you. I miss you. Mm -hmm. But Mom, I could never leave this indescribably beautiful place. I'm walking on streets of gold (laughs) and I'm worshiping at the feet of God Mm -hmm. Almighty. I yeah. can't leave. Yeah, she's in a place where there's no more death, tears, or sorrow. The old order of things has passed yes. away. So she's in that place. We're here yes. on planet Earth, and we're yes. navigating through grief yes. <laughs> and daily responsibilities. And God really did show himself so strong to you in so many yes. ways. We had talked a little bit about Rebecca's dogs. Yes. And she lost the one dog yes. due to the injuries. And yet, when it came to the time for Rebecca to go to heaven. Yes. I would love for you to tell everyone what happened with her, with her dog. Yes. So 
We knew Rebecca was getting very close to the end, and she had been moved to palliative care. And the nurses there said, you know, her dog is more than welcome to come. And we were like, great. So we contacted the woman who was taking care of her, and she very kindly drove the three hours to come to Salt Lake. Wow. And she brought Kenzie with her, and Kenzie walked in the door, and she saw us, and oh my gosh, she was so excited to see us, and we just loved her. Because she's been separated from you yes. for the five weeks that Rebecca is in the hospital. Exactly. Then she walked over to the bed, and she just kind of walked up and down and smelling it and so forth. Then she came back to us, and then she went back to the bed, and so I finally I patted the bed, and she jumped up on the bed, and she laid down right on top of poor Rebecca. And she just laid there and she sniffed all over her face and like she was really breathing her in. Mm. And then she just laid her head down on her chest. And I took Rebecca's hand and I had her like stroking Mm -hmm. Kenzie. And then I just left her hand on Kenzie. And and I just told Rebecca, you know, Kenzie loves you and we're going to take good care of her. Mm. And Rebecca, Callie's waiting for you in heaven. And so it's okay. You can, whenever you want to go join her, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. And Callie was the dog that, that passed that away, passed from, away from, from injuries in the accident. Yes. And um, I have to say, uh, about five hours later, Rebecca took her last breath. Mm-hmm. And she slowly opened her eyes, and we hadn't seen her eyes in weeks. And then she just very slowly closed them. She took another breath, and she was immediately in God's arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but yet, God did so much. And witnessing to that doctor, mm-hmm. I got to witness to a nurse who, again, had no idea my background and doctors had told her she needed to abort her baby. And she was only three months pregnant. And she came to me and asked me what I thought. And here, as a crisis pregnancy counselor, I got to witness to this woman. I got to beg her, in a sense, not to get rid of her child, give God a chance to work a miracle. To this day, Monica, I don't know if that baby's alive or not. But I know I did the best I could. You did. And I even prayed with her and gave her a hug when she left. In your deepest, darkest hour, you continued to find God in your grief and to honor him as best you could in such a hard situation. I want to thank you so much for coming today and for sharing your story. Thank you. We're so glad. I know that you probably gleaned so much out of this story, and I pray if you're in a season of grief that you will continue to seek God and find Him in your grief. Finding hope in today's life is not always easy. Bridges with Monica Schmelter is making it simple. You can now listen to podcast episodes on popular platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Life Audio, and more by searching for Monica Schmelter to find God's hope for your journey. Life can be hard. And days can be long. So if you're looking for hope for the journey, monicaschmelter.com is a great place to get started. On monicaschmelter.com, you'll find Monica's teachings on demand. And if you're looking to really grow your faith, you'll find online extras are available with every teaching. 
So don't wait another day. Get started now at monicashmelter.com and you will find hope for the journey. Finding God in grief is no doubt a very tough subject and really hard when we find ourselves in that space. But I think as my guest explained today, that when we really understand that God is God and that we're not, and that in every situation that we're going to continue to seek Him, that He will meet us in our grief, whether that's a kind word from someone or God showing Himself strong in some other way, He will meet us where we are. And so I pray for you today, if you're in grief or if you know someone that is, resist the urge to be mad at God and blame Him, but invite Him and seek Him. He wants to be found by us and to help us as we mourn. I'm all out of time today. I'll see you next time on Bridges, where we bring you hope for the journey. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.